0: Hello and welcome to the Comedians Paradise. This is a podcast where we speak to clowns, actors, theatre performers, comedians from across the world that will influence comedians and performers like you and me to chase the performers' journey on our own terms. Now, today's guest is a real geezer of clown. He's a he's a man that knows the clown like the back of his hand. He is a man who knows. Philippe and Michiko int- intensely, and Carla. He is a man who's taught many different comedians about clans. He brings the seed of Philip Goliath to the UK, Sure, love focused. that,
1: just this like carrying around in a little pot like Philippe's seed
0: everywhere. <laughs> Have a little look at this. This is... And how do you spread it round, Mark? Do you just get a little water? <laughs> yeah, water it, mate. Um, <laughs> I've got a plant pot
1: somewhere. I, I, every year, I, I just drop a seed into it and see what happens.
0: Oh, like Jack and the Beanstalk.
1: That's it, mate. Yeah, see, see. Sometimes it grows. Sometimes it doesn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Needs to like <write> nutrients. <laughs> yeah. Please welcome Mark Curtis. Hello, Hello,
1: everybody. Hello. Thank you for having me on. um I feel like a fraud.
0: <laughs> that was oh, a big intro. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. It was quite an interesting intro. I mean, mentioned the seed stuff. What a way to go! <laughs>
1: yeah, what a way to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, um, yeah. Look, look, there's no doubt. I, there's no doubt that um, you know I'm a, I am a clown. Um, I've just got a, a kind of an odd way of, of of going about it, I suppose. In that, you know, I'm not. I'm not on the circuit as it were, I'm not, you know, I'm not a performer at the moment. I have the mind of a performer. I have performed. I have a theatre company, but me, myself, at the moment, I'm not performing. So, um, you know, if any listeners out there are kind of going, who is this guy? And Why haven't we seen him? Well, you won't have done that. (laughs) You won't, unless you were at Goliere in 2010, uh, 12 through to 13 or... You know, you, you. I don't know. Maybe a few pubs in South London, you might have wandered into, and I've been, I would have been sat in the corner. But, um, uh, yeah, you won't, you, you probably won't have heard of me or seen me, really.
0: But you've, you've been involved in like bringing Philippe to the UK. You've, you've taught yeah. a lot of clown workshops, uh, yeah, and yeah, you, yeah. you, you, you are, yeah. you are, no better the words. You, you are, a, you are part of the clown world.
1: I am indeed. I am indeed. Yeah, I, I am. I um Yeah, you're right. I, I have uh, produced uh, with my colleague, Jason, we've produced uh, Philippe's workshop here in the UK before COVID, probably for about seven years. Um, and as mentioned, yeah, I spent a lot of time at the school uh, between 2012 and 13 when it moved out to a Tomp um, and before that in so doing the clown summer school. Um, and. Um, yeah, just I, I met Philippe in, in 2010 and um, I don't know how, but it's just this extraordinary relationship developed. Um, yeah, how did that happen? Because I was the same as everyone. I, t- I tell you what, I tell you what happened. I tell you exactly what happened, actually. I um I rocked up to. Um, so where the school was and it was above this telephone exchange, right? this is a bit of a long story but i'll try and give it in brief but um telephone exchanges have got a really unique smell like wire and plastic like this really unique smell and my dad was a british telecom engineer
0: okay
1: and my dad used to take me to work uh, when i was a kid uh, when he was working on a saturday morning and i used to go into the, the the telecom exchanges and there was this smell it was a really unique smell you wouldn't get it anywhere else anyway I sort of turned up in in so I was staying in Paris and I turned up in so and I was like a couple of hours early because I wanted to make sure I was on time. I hate being late. And um, I sort of looking around for this school and going, where the hell is this? You know, I expected this almost like drama school type look, you know, Um, uh, I'd spent some time at um, uh, Mountview Theatre School in, in North London and drama school kind of feel where where is this damn drama school? I'm standing outside this place and I look at the door and I just happen to look at the, the buzzer things and at the bottom, École Philippe Gollier," And I was like, it's a, it's a buzzer, right? But this is a telephone exchange, right? It's, a, it's like a telecom place. Hold on a minute. And I, and I swear to God, I, I went, it's not there. Even though it said École Philippe Gollier," I went, it's not there. It's not there. This, this, is, this is a joke. In My head, I went, This is it. I sort of started doing this on the street. There's a group of people somewhere looking out of the window, going, ha, look, another idiot, you know, another person who's come to have a look at this thing. I thought, no, 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 this is this just feels really, really odd. Anyway, press the buzzer. Um, and um the door opens and it's like up you go. And of course, as like I say, I was really early. And I I turned up, like I was wearing, it was summer, summer in Paris, so it's quite warm outside. I was wearing these these shorts i'm not going to say they were hawaiian shorts but they were quite bright you know and i had this t-shirt on with like it had a picture of a sunset on it you know it was quite tropical and um i sort of walked upstairs and i walked through this corridor and there was a bunch of people and they were all in um like skin tight blacks you know almost like you look, the way i always imagined lecoq might have looked like like or the mime artists you know that kind of stuff and I kind of walked down and I kind of went, you know, instantly kind of anxiety just went, oh, no way. <sighs> they're all in black. I didn't I didn't get that email or that memo. <sighs> right, I'm just going to, all right, this could be a leg it for the door, mate, moment. So just let's just go in. And I stood in this corridor and then this girl came towards me who I now know as uh, Susanna. And she grabbed me by that. She was beaming. She just had these bright eyes. She just, like, It was like her spirit was dancing around everywhere just as she uh, approached me. She a big smile on her face. And she took me by the arm. She said, come, come, come with me. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she took me into this room and Michiko was sat there at a computer. And I didn't know who she was, obviously, at that time. At this computer. And she just sort of looked at Michiko. Looked at me. And when you meet first meet Michiko, she plays Fierce quite well. And, and and you sort of look at her. And I looked at this this lady and I just thought, okay, oh, computer. This is me signing in. This is just a formality. No, no worries. But she seemed to kind of be looking me up and down like this. Later. And then all of a sudden I heard from the side, ah, I like your costume. And I turned. <laughs> there sat in the corner was this little man, you know, who obviously I instantly went, ah, that's Philippe really, good. obviously seen pictures. And he had these little red spectacles on and his beard. And, and he was sat there and he was just looking at me. I think he was doing uh, his beard. Like, ah, I, I like your costume. And I kind of just stood there. Perfect fixed point. I had not a clue what to say and I came back to him with yeah well I like your glasses <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed and he laughed at me and M- Michiko then laughed, Susanna then laughed and I kind of was like and they were like Michiko then you know who are you and I said Mark Curtis she went okay yeah you're signed in silence, awkward uh, and I went can I go? Can I, shall I go now? Shall I? And Philippe, yeah, you do what you like. I was <laughs> like okay. Well, yeah, well. And I went back into the corridor, and I sort of stood in the corridor, going, "What's going on?" That was just a really weird. But it went on from there. Uh, uh, from that moment on, I had a connection uh, uh, with Philippe in some way. Um, I would I would I would hound him during the break times, ask him questions, constantly badger him with um with crappy jokes. Um, I'd ask him, when are we going to go out and drink? Because I think me and you need to drink some alcohol. I think that would be really good fun. And we he sort of loved the game. He loved this play. We organized to go out several times and several times Michiko kind of went, no, absolutely not. <laughs> You, you know you two are not going drinking together because I, I don't know what this weird little British man's gonna do um and this is an incredible relationship I'm incredibly proud overjoyed in love uh, yeah I, yeah this incredible relationship grew out of that and um I, I I think of him very very fondly as as one of my my dear friends
0: and did did you know that you were going to be friends straight away from that interaction, or did it?
1: I I kind of did. I, I I don't know if it was the nostalgia of just that. It was just something about that place, you know. Like I say, the smell and everything else. But something came alive in me that seemed to reach deep inside and sort of just pull me out. I am, um, I am. Um, my introduction to clowning was um, was actually um, I did some mask theatre work at university in at the montford university in leicester with one of the founder members of trestle theater company in the uk a lady called sally cook and we were doing some mask work as one of the modules and um i was enjoying it i was having a really good time but she turned around to me and she just said you know uh, i think i think you'd love clowning and I was like, OK, what is this then? What's what's clowning all about? You know, back then I was 18, 19, 19, 20 years old. And I had this kind of one, two, maybe three ideas as to what theatre t- could be. You know, it was like musical theatre in the West End. It was TV, fi- like serious acting TV film, you know, uh, RSC, that kind of thing. All there was this other stuff, this alternative stuff that was like mask, physical, that kind of thing. But theatrical clowning and me had never really come into contact, and yeah, Sally Cook said, "I think you'll really enjoy it." A couple of weeks later, she did a taster session, and I went along to it. And sure enough, I really enjoyed it, and I started to look online for where I could do these things. Well, how? So this clowning thing, how can I, how can I develop that as a skill? Where's the workshop that I need to go to to do this? To do this thing. Um. And I, I, I sort of couldn't find one. And I, I looked, at, I saw Philippe Gugliel, but I couldn't afford that at the time. I was, you know, still at uni and everything else. There was the Lecoq School. There was other bits and pieces going on. You know, John Wright was about, I, I picked up all these names, but nothing seemed to just fall into place financially or the timings because of my university um, schedule. Eventually, I finished uni. I, I went uh, uh, in, in, I was in Leicester, I went moved straight back to London, and started trying to forge a career as a, as an actor uh, which is and again an, a very specific job you know um you know doing the same thing uh you know uh, you know being in a play and, and and kind of repeat the process repeat the process repeat the process and after about three years of doing that and, and i was i was good I, I was working you know i was working but And a lot of my friends weren't working, you know, everything sort of pointed towards me developing that as an idea, you know, an actor's career. But I was desperately unhappy and I knew I was unhappy. And I was actually doing a play in London, a comedy. It was all right. It weren't bad. Um, It was doing quite well, box office wise. It was um, it was at a theatre out um um Courtway and I just remember the last night I was it was the last week I looked online and I saw Angela de Castro was doing a workshop up in Edinburgh and there was a few places left and I went damn that's it I've got I've got nothing on for the next two weeks I finished this play on Saturday I'm gonna do that In fact, no, we finished the play on the Sunday night. That was it. And the clown course started on the Monday morning. So I got the overnight, so I finished the play. I got the overnight sleeper train to Edinburgh. And I went up to Edinburgh and I did a couple of weeks clowning around with Angela de Castro, or DC as she likes to be called, um, up in Edinburgh. And that was the start right there. Something in those two weeks. But then DC said to me at the end of it, you should go to Philippe Gollier. No. But that was in like, um, oh, Marvin, that was in, oh, that was in like 2002, and two, three. Whoa. Yeah. And it was another 10 years before I got out to him. Whoa. Yeah. So 10 years of, of me being, I, I, I don't know what I did in that 10 years. I was lost. I was a lost character back then. I mean, speak to any of my friends and I was a different man to what I am now but which is another reason why I adore clowns so much because of what it's given me but you know I'm not going to say I was an asshole. but I but you know you know drama school didn't appear to me because there was it was very ego driven um it felt to me that you needed that it felt like you had to have that kind of not not I'm the best but I'm bloody good and I'm going to push myself to the front. And I'm, I'm, you know, you know, I'm really good at what I do and love me, love me, love me. I, I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. And I, I never disliked people for, for having that. I really respected it, but I just knew I didn't have that myself. I couldn't. I'm not. I'm just not that kind of person to to push myself to the front. Um. So drama school for me, I did a year at drama school and I, and then I left because it just wasn't for me fell into the university route really because my academics at school weren't that great so i sort of fell into this uh, performing arts degree at De montford and and, uh, and and the rest is history but i still in my head even after that experience uh, at um at university and with with de castro i i still believed that i had to be an actor i still i didn't really know about a clown's career or and uh, more specifically an artist's career mm. i thought i was i thought you know i was supposed to job it as an actor in london living the dream uh up in up in crystal uh, on the triangle in crystal palace and every now and again doing a play somewhere obscure whilst working in a restaurant and then getting a job wow got a job and then leaving your flat in London for six months because you were on tour or, or doing panto. I did panto every year for 15 years, you know, and I was jobbing as an actor, but was deeply unhappy. And then eventually, um, oh, wow, this is, this is long. I just got to a point where I sort of had a a few catastrophes in, in my life personally. And you hit, rock bottom and my life was sad really sad really really sad profoundly sad and i'd lost my joy i was good at presenting you know idiot (laughs) you know this kind of strange quirky guy in the corner of a pub quiet every now and again, larger than life, fun. But underneath it all, I was just I was just completely gone. And something needed to change. And um I just I just remembered, you know, this 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 Philippe Gollier thing. And um around the same time after some uh, some trauma in, in the family, I sort of made a decision. Well this is either going to go that way or I've got to try and go this way. So I started with me and I started to do some um, some physical things. So I started uh, um, uh, running. I started to do some healthy things. And as I started to do those healthy things, the mind sort of cleared a bit. And this Philippe Gollier thing became a, a bigger picture and a bigger picture and a bigger picture until eventually I couldn't ignore it. And that was it. I signed up and and, and went over to Philippe in, in, in 2010. And when i got there as i say that first meeting with him um in in that office uh it bang it was like it's like he reached inside of me and went yeah you're gonna be all right here you've got weird clothes on <laughs> and uh you know let's go let's just go and have some fun and that and that's of course what happened then for the for that whole summer period um yeah joy absolute joyous yeah met some fantastic people of course like minded people which is another big a big part of clown i think is um when you're in a room with people and they just get it they don't necessarily get on stage and have 20 minutes of joy and you know never flop or anything like that they just get it they're there that you know it, it, people People used to laugh in 2010. They used to say we were like a group of misfits, the people who didn't, you know, quite fit into musical theatre, or the people who didn't quite fit into this or to that or this or that. I now think that's wrong. Uh, I think we fit in everywhere, but I know what they mean. And being with like-minded people, it's all of a sudden a snowball effect, and it just drove and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And and this clown thing became my my sort of uh, my playground, really. Uh, my my place to be, and to be me.
0: And how did the what's it called? How would you say it changed you? Because I mean, I think the whole girly experience definitely changes whoever uh, you are.
1: Yeah, I I so so. I think in order to 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 get that, you need to understand where you were, and, and I think I was basically scared. I was basically scared that I thought I had to be an actor. I told everybody I was going to be an actor. Even at school, when my academics were, were were not going in the direction that every school teacher wanted them to go into, even uh, my parents were very supportive. I'm very lucky, but you know, they would have preferred me to have got better grades and to have been slightly more um, focused on on schoolwork back then. So no, 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 I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to this. I actually wanted to be a sports person, but a teacher turned around to me and said I wasn't going to be big enough to be a, a professional rugby player. So. Uh, my sort of sporting dream died and then it was almost like back then the next best thing in my head was that I could do that I knew I could do and get some enjoyment out of my dad had always said to me you know do something you love because then you never have to work a day in your life you know he 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 was interested in the arts but he ended up being a a BT engineer Uh, and he got some joy out of that with the people he worked with but I think what he was just trying to say to me was that mate consider your options here you know so my mom and dad were very supportive anyway, but I'd sort of dug that hole. I dug that sort of trench for myself, that journey, one journey, you know, an actor's journey. This is what I'm going to be. And I didn't dare come outside of that trench because I thought everyone's going to go, are oh, you dick? Now what are you going to do? You know, what? you've told us you're going to do this for years. So, So as a human being, I was very scared. And what I would say clowning did was, it, it sort of, and what Philippe with his teachings uh, uh, did was, it reached. It, first of all, it ignited me. It ignited that kind of those feelings inside that there was something more. There's something more here in me than than just being in this place. Um, I I I I want to be expressive. I want to, be, you know. There's something about. There's this wonderful quote. Actually, maybe this helps explain it better. But if you say acting actors for the most part follow the logic of conscious choice yeah so you know you get a text there's a character there's an argument okay so my choice here is to shout that line so i'm making a choice to play angry i'm going to shout that line so they logical choices you see clowns they love the logic of swimming in the stream of consciousness which is like ah if i do this and you do this and you and you ah, yeah good and now you do this and now i do this and now you do this and i do this and i do, ah and we're all in this kind of this world nobody knows where we're going but on it goes and on it goes together all of us together and i just i just felt that that was more me there was like a real creative it sort of say, a say clown reached inside of me it said get over your fear get over the the fear of leaving this thing behind Get involved in this. Jump in here. Share something of yourself. Don't wait to be told what to do over here, you know, by a director or by somebody else. This is the career that you must follow. Come over here and make it happen for yourself. And once I started that journey, you know, taking control of my existence and going, well, this is how I feel. This is what I think. This is what I believe. As I say, it... It it just uh, I I I believe what started to happen was I started to emerge, uh, which is you know where I am now. Um, yeah, arguably successful in 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 some ways. Depends how you define success, but
0: yeah. yeah, you you bring along a few interesting points there. One, so I mean, school is definitely very. There's nothing like it. I mean, the things in that school. I mean, we mentioned it before the podcast. They were like, can we say this? Can we say that? The things that happened at school, uh, quite something. Um, but I think one thing I will say, I mean, the schools produced a lot of extremely successful and amazing people. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it... <clears throat> I say that there's also, there's a flip side, a lot of people have a great time there, but there's, then there's others that where it just doesn't work out for them. But they still gain something from it. I would say, I've spoken to a few, few on both sides of the spectrum. The majority of people that go there have a great time and gain a lot from it. For myself, I definitely um, it made me more committed into that. Don't try and be a funny stand-up; just be a be a clown. That's what I do. That makes people laugh. So focus more on that. Um, I also found a comedy count. I play Zoro on stage. So that it gave me that. Um, it also. Yeah, I'd say in a lot of aspects, I did enjoy it. I learned a lot from it, but there were bits I'd say I didn't even fit in there either. So I didn't fit. Yeah, yeah. I didn't fit. I'll be honest, I did not fit in 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 either of the times I was there. And there are, but I will say one thing, because I have seen instances where people have been kicked out of the school. I remember when I was there the second time, there was a really mad incident, which I wasn't there or I didn't see of, but there was a girl. Shall I say her name? No, I won't say her name. Um, But she got in a big argument with Philippe, and they got in a big like, he was roasting her, she didn't like it, and then she said, oh, like, he's a bad teacher, whatever. And then after that, she got kicked out. And then I heard, like, the previous year, like, there was guys complaining, I've been working bars, how dare you say this? Or there'll be instances where people would, if Carlo was on, or another teacher, would avoid it and just go to Philippe's lesson, and then they got kicked out. But then, obviously, you have people like Zach, you have all sorts of people that have really learned from it. And majority of times, a lot of us, a lot of people build great friendships from it. Yeah. I'd say around a way in all of it, I think you'll gain something from it, whether like clowning is for you or or it's not, I'd say. I,
1: I, I think so. I mean, you can never, you can never know uh, what somebody else's experience truly is um and i know people who have been through the school who who have gone you know nah not for me this just wasn't for me um you know you asked me that i suppose I don't, i'm not even sure i answered your question marvin but what changed for me was i think i learned it, it, it on the vehicle of learning how to be a cloud. okay i think i learned how to navigate my own ego and how to recognise that sometimes my ego was not useful. And sometimes it is. And when you recognise that, it becomes a real, a real skill to be able to use it and not use it at will. And also to navigate a creative journey. I think something that people lose sight of when they're at Philippe Gollier is... And maybe some people don't even have this to begin with, and this is the sad thing about the school in a way, because it is open to all, which is a, a wonderful thing. Philippe doesn't discriminate. It's not like you. Are, it's not like Lecoq where you have to audition for the second year. Whoa! You know, you you can go to Philippe. You can do, you know, he calls it his a la carte menu, where you can go and you can do a term. Somebody wants to go and do clowning and Shakespeare, or or you know whatever it is, or Chekhov and the. You can pick what you go and do. When I was there, I felt that there were some people who were there because of the name Philippe Gollier, And in that way, they wanted to put that name on their CV. But what I think a lot of people don't realise is, is that there is an incredible amount of Work, dedication, um, an incredible amount of vision that needs to go into a clowning career. You know, to be a really good clown, you have to nurture your own curiosity. You have to be curious about the world. It's not something that I think can be acted. You know, you don't in, in clown, you don't act. And if you do act, we might love you for 30 seconds. But then all of a sudden it becomes clear that you're acting because the act runs out, you appear. And actually, what we discover in that way, and it's the bit after the act when the clown emerges. Because the true human being, the vulnerability of not hiding behind an act, starts to unravel. And that when that unravels, now, if you think about that as an idea. Therefore, it asks different questions of the performer or the person. It's asking you to go somewhere slightly different. To vulnerability, to be exposed, to be vulnerable, to stand there with nothing and then offer something of yourself and risk that it might not be liked. But then the skill comes in, right, which is understanding that you offer something of yourself. It's a big flop the big flop brings the tension in the room now you've got the tension in the room the skill break the tension you're in that lovely scientific place you know it's a science tech going on here which is tension break tension we smile we laugh you do something the audience goes oh god that was awful great you've got them there break the tension Oh, he thinks it's crap, for, you know? And they, they smile, they laugh. So you've got to learn those skills. You've got to go through that. You've got to, you know, con- it's that lovely thing about being a, a competent, isn't it? Conscious competence. You know? So first of all, we're 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 ignorant, right? We're we've got this ignorance incompetence going on. Then we become aware of it and we become um sort of conscious, consciously incompetent. Then we start to practice the skills and we try and we fail and we try and we fail, we try and we fail. And we move into this kind of conscious competence. But then when you start to, you've been up there a hell of a lot, you've done the work, you've been through Goliath. you've stood on the stage, you've, you've heard the drum enough times, you've gone through it, or you move into that beautiful place of subconscious competence where all of a sudden you go, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm good here now. But the amount of work to get there, it is a lot and I think a lot of people just thought I'm going to go to Gollier. Clowning's this thing where you get up and you improvise a bit I'll go improvise I'll get a few laughs and if I don't then anyway I've been at Gollier, it can go on my CV but when they were getting banged off the stage you know 30 seconds no pleasure no joy no connection with the audience they're like their ego gets a kick and their ego responds ah well i'm uh, you know the quickest way to elevate your ego well i'm good this must be shit you know so i saw that a lot and um i my heart bled for philly because i saw him have several arguments and i i i on several occasions and i and i and i, and I won't mention names either but i i would hope that the people involved appreciated that because You know, grew to appreciate what he was trying to do with them afterwards. Maybe not in the moment when emotions high, but maybe further down the road. I mean, I had several beers with um, a couple of people that had 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 a a a, a sort of a set two with Philippe, and you know, I always wanted to support people. I've always been like that, and I and I remember putting my arm around, in particular, this guy, and just saying, "Look, you know." it's all right, dude, you, it, you know, it's just that didn't, that didn't work. But, you know, so, so for example, you see this a lot, of Godly, I don't know. someone comes on, tries something. So Philippe puts us all in a costume, day one. So let's say you're uh, a, a cricketer and you come on and you, you do this thing with the bat and the ball and Philip bangs around and goes, no, uh, we put this guy in a bin. And, and that's it. You, you know, you're off the stage and you stand there and, and everyone looks and goes, yeah, that was awful. And you stand there and you, and you take it and you go, okay, and you sit down. And then everybody else has a go. And then the next exercise, and the same person gets up and they get with their bat and the ball, and they, the same bat and ball gag. Did it work? This time, they kind of go, I'm Philippe, bang, No, no. This guy, we see this guy before. He's now uh, in the bin with acid, yes? <laughs> <laughs> and when we go, yeah, okay. Oh, we're, we're, everybody in the audience is going, oh. This is hard to watch, but just don't... Stop doing that gag with the ball and the bat. Stop it. Do some, find, Try and find something else. But in that moment, the, the performer is desperately trying to find some sort of comfort, but actually, it's the discomfort that takes them in the right direction. Mm. And so in that moment, then Philly, they get up again third time. Ah! But, Philippe, I haven't done anything yet. All I've done is hit the ball with the bat. And Philippe goes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And we all go, ah. And now it's funny. And now the person standing there, everyone's laughing. The person with the ball, ah. And now they're hilarious. And and it's because all of a sudden they've dropped the ego. They've dropped that 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 want to be comfort, that want to be comfortable on stage. And if you think about what acting is, actors you know it it, the aim is to be comfortable well it used to be you know if you think about director actor i i the vision is this i feel that you come that that you come onto the stage there we you stand there We, we used to call it blocking didn't we you stand there then this happens there then oh yeah then oh that line a little bit more like that ah brilliant let's just do that again ah brilliant do it again ah that bit oh just add that oh yeah Perfect That's it. We'll like that. We'll like that, and that can happen every night. And now everyone's comfortable in that space. so you feel comfortable. I know what I'm doing. I'm behind, me myself is hidden behind this act, this sort of you know this is what we've designed, what we've come up with. yeah clown you do that in clown. it's boring. It's so boring. And we want to see you panic. We want to see we want you to connect with us first. And let us into that world of panic, of real humane stuff that we all feel, and that's what grips you, and that's what gripped me, and, and ultimately got me over over a lot of my fears back then. Um, and I think, like I like I alluded to before we were we, 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 before we started uh, the podcast, but it, it's so powerful. It's so it's been so good for me of course i want to pass it on it's my job that's my job it's i have a responsibility there if you know there are so many young people falling through the net of our school system in this country you know just forget school children so many actors i know who are out there on the acting circuit in the actors world who are just in the same trench that i was in trying to forge a career that there's some weird light at the end that says they've made it, whether that be a TV role or whatever it is they believe. Two of my friends recently made it to that light, turned around at the end and went, "Yeah, it ain't all that it's not what it's, it's not what I started this journey to do. I start, started this journey to be a creative person, or well, that was at least something in me that I felt now i intellectually understand it i have to look somewhere else but you know so um yeah i i I felt i felt for people at the school but you know i also i also admired the brilliance of Philippe. you know he did he did some things when i was there that to outsiders looking in you would say you just can't do that but i know for a fact that the performer, out of these kind of really quite, so I'm being quite cryptic, can't I? I don't know whether I can. Should we? Shall I? Shall I sort of? Shall I give you a bit of a, a little bit of a delve into one
0: session? Well, yeah, why not? I, 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 not? I look, I'll say something that I saw that was quite mad. I'll say what? some of the things. So oh. I remember there was two. There was a guy and a girl on stage, and to get them to loosen up, he told them to start spanking each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, um, what else did he say? He, there was a German guy, and they wanted to do more emotive speech to what he was doing. So yeah. he started. He told him, "Pretend to be Adolf Hitler." Yeah, and then, yeah. I mean, it's a bit mad, but it worked.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, I mean, wow. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment, but but I mean, exactly that. So, so a performer comes on stage with their ego, and they present something. And, you know, let's say it's week one. Uh, every afternoon, clown, 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 clown. So five days worth of four hours clown. And by the Friday, we're all in different costumes. Uh, we've all had, we've all been on the stage. We all understand the drill and what's going on. And a performer gets up and, and, and their act begins and they, and they come on and they, and they do something. And Philippe bangs his drum. And after a minute, sometimes less, sometimes a bit more, whatever it is, they leave the stage and they leave. And then socially, outside the school, people, the, the chatter starts, you know. Oh, he didn't give me very long today. Like, I, I, I felt that this was going to go somewhere, but he didn't give me long enough to let it go anywhere. OK, all right. And then you go into week two. And you're beginning to pick up the skills you're sort of beginning to understand by watching other people that you know Philippe likes some in red nose clown Philippe likes somebody to come on stage connect with us straight away like you know within second look at the audience but it's more than that There's like a joy to be there pleasure right it's real pleasure to stand in front of us and you can only see that in the in the eyes you know there's, there's this pleasure sometimes a performer might come on connect with us and and there's what i call pleasure fear <laughs> it's like oh god here-. and that is also incredibly compelling incredibly fun so philippe kind of you know they still stand- anyway this person comes on with their act and you see them step onto the stage they don't look at us they do their thing again that didn't get them any success the week before They do it harder. They seem to do more of it for some reason. It's like they're really trying to show this thing. No connection to us, no fixed point, you know. And we watch it and there's no laughter. And again, we all cringe and and Philippe bangs the drum. And and now the person starts to get a bit vocal with Philippe and say, yeah, but whoa, 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 Philippe. Like, I've I've only been on the stage like 30 seconds. Like, just give me a bit more time. No. Philippe asks everyone, you know. Do we give this guy more time, and everyone sort of oh, uh, that sort of moment in the audience where you go, "We know what he's saying. We we can't tell you what to do, because it's for you to discover." You know, part of the Philippe way is you discover, which is joyous, right? You can you take control of your your destiny. You know, if Philippe starts to go, look, you've got no fixed point. You're you're sort of. Brain changes, it, it goes in a different direction, and all of a sudden you go, Ah, teacher, pupil, he's going to tell me what to do now. So it shuts you down because now you come on and you do exactly what he said. So he purposefully doesn't say anything, you know. And that's a must be an incredible skill for him because he sits and watches all of us, you know, for years and years and years, flop after flop after flop, and not understand and not understand. Anyway, just fast forward that to, to the to, to week four. And the same person coming on the stage doing the same thing, the same act. Now they're just having a terrible time. Philippe says, "You know, you are in crisis because you're you've four weeks at the school. You have you've had barely five seconds on the stage because you step on the stage, you do the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, the same thing." Philippe gets to a point where it's like, "Well, I either let this person leave the school." and they walk away pretty much with nothing, none the wiser. Or I've got to do something now with this person who I think definitely there's more. They want to offer, this person wants to offer something. I've got to do something with this person where I slap them out of it. And it is that, that ego, it needs to be slapped out of some people, get them to drop, so something needs to happen in order for them to drop all of that stuff, all of that baggage, all of those ideas, all of that presentation, all of that ego. And, uh, you know, Philippe's got a very harsh, sometimes harsh way of doing that with people. You know, it's, one of the great things people used to say at Gollier a lot, Ah, but Philippe, but you know, I feel this. And Philippe would go, yeah. It's great that you feel that, but I'm in the audience. I want to feel something. You know, our jobs up there is to is to offer something of yourself, bring something new to the table, connect with us, that it brings us to life in that moment, and then we both go from that place.
0: You know. Yeah. No. I mean, this is this is. No, it's it is a lot of that. Yeah. It, it, it's. um he, he he did a lot of those sort of exercises with me which sort of I remember oh, fucking hell. This is gonna be deep. Go <laughs> on. Oh fucking hell. Um I I I remember I um I went on stage and I was going in quite confident or whatever. And then he got it was for the bouffon thing. Yeah. And um he got someone to go on stage and <laughs> Effectively, um fucking hell, this is gonna be deep but uh he, he, he wanted us to talk about sex or whatever and I'd never had a girlfriend that had sex at the time and he wanted me to talk about it, and I was lying on it and then I got ripped open by the by the by the person who's who's on the stage with me and it it I, I got lots of big laughs from it and it was very embarrassing and very uncomfortable. And people were saying, oh, Andrew was um, being quite brutal and whatever. But it is, as you said, you've got to be comfortable. Like, if if I'd hold on to my ego and, like, gotten really angry and maybe got aggressive to Andrew or, like, would have had a go at Phil- Philippe or whatever, it wouldn't be funny. It wouldn't work. But because I was embarrassed and I felt very uncomfortable and I went along with it, it was quite funny. Yeah. And it, it went, went quite well. And I've had a few times where he did direct me. Like I'll go in thinking I was doing something else. I was wearing a mask or something. Uh, and I was trying to do something, it didn't work. But then he told me to walk up and down the, um, the stage. And one thing I didn't know when I was walking up and down, there was a bit where people were laughing, but I didn't know what it was. But yeah. I, was actually, I, was, I had the mask and couldn't see, but I was like a centimeter away. As I stopped from barging into the, the what what are those black things called again? Yeah, the uh, the wing the wing space at the side. Yes, yes. I was like a meter away from it and I stopped there and they started laughing. And I didn't know why they were laughing, so I just kept on doing it again and again. Yeah, yeah. And I got huge laughs out of it, and I still didn't know why I got still a didn't huge know why. Laughs. You know,
1: you know what that's incredible, right? You know, because what you described there, I mean first first thing, just listening to what you say there is is again, the language around it is dead interesting because you said Philippe directed you. So, it, it, and this is my take, but but for me, uh, Philippe worked with you, you know, and, and it's slightly different. Directing you, in, in, in certainly in this country, is very much kind of leans into the idea of I'm going to direct you around the stage, yeah? Which, as you then described, he asked you to walk up and down. So you could argue that, you know, it's a direction, walk up and down. But there's more to it than that with Philippe. Um, and in that way because you like you say you described there you don't know why why is everyone all of a sudden laughing what where's this laugh coming from you've got to trust you on the stage now I've got you placed yourself in this man's hand and you've got to trust that something is coming from this this is this is leading somewhere and I just gotta I just gotta stay up here and follow the dots because they are dots there's no like you know he didn't say walk up and down and poke your chest out and look confident you know it's walk up and down it, it's it's these are like little bullet point things that you just that you just follow and 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 what he knows is that there is something beautiful about you that is going to come out of this moment he just knows and that's how he places his provocations in the room you know so Okay, yeah, spanking maybe a bit, you know, for some people or, or sometimes he, he he you know he's a he's a naughty. So I think he's sometimes he's a naughty man, and that, you know he has his own. You know, if he's seen certain things for a week, I wonder if he kind of goes, "I've not seen anyone spank for a while." <laughs> yes. and it's just a, you know, let's just what have I not seen for a long time that I'd quite like to see today. But I think what he's really good at is. Is, is seeing the human being and going ah, you're staying up because I know that this is coming and we're just going to do this and let's see where we go let's see where we go and when you trust that and you allow that to happen for you on the stage slowly it starts to fall out but as you say I, many occasions just like the one you described where <laughs> I was up there people were laughing I ain't got a clue what for <laughs> not a clue um which sort of in there, you you know, you've got a bit of a problem when you're, you know, I think that's probably why there are not that many clown troops out there because, you know, you really need to trust the outside eye. You really need someone who's going to sit out front that you really trust, who is going to have the vision and, and understand what they're looking at to be able to go, ah, that bit, that bit there goes in the show, you know, nine days of flop failure, rubbish, just to find that one golden nugget at the end of you know five thirty on a friday when everyone's pissed off and wants to go home and they go that's the bit the golden bit that goes in the show see you on monday morning
0: <laughs> can i ask a question yeah what was the incident where you where you particularly remember where you had that sort of situation as we've discussed like where you were, like you remember the most
1: uh, it, it, it was it was hilarious so so at the end of at the end of term well first of all on on a, on a, on a friday um as i'm sure you will be aware from being there you, you had to work with the group through the week and then you would turn up on a friday and you would have worked on something and you would present and at the end of the neutral mask module which is in the first year and so you go neutral lejeu neutral mask neutral mask lejeu um at the end of the neutral mask module We'd been doing a lot of kind of like animal, looking at animal, looking at animalistic colours, which is where you, or, or elements, where you embody neutral masks. go back to neutral. But when you come onto the stage, you really embody, you know, what it is to be a walking, breathing version of the earth or a walking, breathing version of the air. And we'd been on this journey uh, looking at that. And then we started to sort of fully really leaned into this idea of, uh, of of us being artists and and not to think of theatre as one thing, as, as musical theatre or as, as film acting. It's just, you know, what the whole picture. Because he believes that all of this stuff is for your clown. Right? And that's how he runs the school with his uh, pedagogy. It's everything, everything else aims to all of this stuff that we look at is usable for your clown. Anyway, at the end of this, this term, there was a big, all both years, second year and first year came together. And we had to do a little presentation of what we'd been, what we'd been learning. And we came together in the upstairs studio, and me and uh, a guy, uh, my my friend Ned, glorious human being, um, who had had actually been, he was unique. He'd been studying at Cambridge University in the UK. Very clever guy, very intellectual guy. We'd been working together, and we'd come up with this idea of doing, like a Van Gogh painting, but like, sort of being on stage and being the colors of the, of the bang Gogh painting. Right. And, um, w- you know, we, we, we'd watched other people get up there and, uh, and, and, you know, it, it, I'll be honest in my head, it, it wasn't for me. I was going get up stage and be a color. You're like, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. All right, whatever. But you know, I'll give it a go and, and we'll go and we'll, we'll do something with it. And me and Ned had met, but, but we'd kind of met and in typical British, British um, fashion we met several times when we were supposed to be rehearsing and sat in a pub somewhere watching you know uh, watching some sort of British sport you know terrible terrible tourists um, not embracing local culture at all just kind of like let's catch up on the football or the rugby or whatever it was so we kind of didn't really have that much to show and we got on the stage and we started to do, it was like one of the paintings, I can't remember which painting it was, the rowing boat one or whatever, a Van Gogh painting, we started to do this thing. And it was, we were just trying to embody being these colours and da, 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 da. And then, and, and it was very, you know, major minor, so Ned did a bit, and then he passed the focus over to me, and then I did a bit. And that was kind of the only structure, you know, we followed a few of the simple skills, the rules, focus, and all that kind of stuff. And Ned did his bit, and everyone was like, it was definitely. Like people just watching and then he he sort of like passed it to me and i started to do my color and i was doing like white and i was doing it down on the floor doing this white thing and i just started to hear people laugh and i was and i sort of picked point little look looked at ned ned just sort of looked at me as if to say just just keep going <laughs> so i kind of just sort of carried on carried on and it it, we, again you know we had a really good time we brought the house down I hadn't got a clue what was going on I I, I hadn't got a clue and I did I went from I, I sort of did white and I looked at the audience as if say, like, can I stop can I stop now and they and they laughed even more and then I kind of went well you know white's over so now I'll do I'll do cream <laughs> so I started to do like this is my cream <laughs> And laughter, ah, ah, laughter, 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 and then at the end, you know, Philippe did his five bangs on the drum. We kind of went, "Oh my god, that was successful." Why? And Philippe goes, "He goes, um, didn't oh, you? Didn't give us anything? He just went, Mac, the clown workshop is downstairs, <laughs> <laughs> and that was it." And we, got, and I got off the stage. I was none the wiser, but and one of the guys, a, a good friend of mine in the second year, kind of he came over to me at the end and he said, "You know." it was just the movements you were doing were just funny the fact that you kept changing rhythm really you know and and you had a really good big connection but you were so baffled you were so baffled you clearly didn't have a clue what was going on that was driving the source of the laughter but then also your shorts there was like one of the drawstrings of my shorts had fallen out so every time I moved it looked a little bit like my 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 penis had fallen out of my costume or something like that so you had that (laughs) of course i had no idea that that was going on either it wasn't intentional it had just happened so but again you know a a a glorious moment for you on stage but another kind of one of those moments that goes in here that you go back to that you become proud of and you're and, and you're you know, your, your little ego comes out and goes, oh, look, I was, I was successful. We've got it in that. But for me, those moments very quickly moved to like an alarm bell. It was like. there's What's in there? There's something in there to learn. There's a there's more clown in, in this moment to learn, to learn, to learn. How can I how can I bring that to what I'm doing, to what I'm doing? It's astonishing to sit here in front of you. and And like I said at the beginning, I feel like a fraud because. Many people listen to this like I say, who is this guy? And I'm not performing at the moment. I haven't performed for quite a long time. Um, myself and Jay, I don't have a clown show. Tom, Tom Fox, who I know has been on your podcast, it, oh, it's so good. And he, he is work, very good. He, you know, he works every year. He produces two, three shows. And every year he performs or directs. And, you know, since he's been at Gollier, he's definitely now found his clown and he's performing in his clown and i get the feeling uh, a lot of the time that people look at me sometimes even when we went over to philip's birthday recently they sort of go where's your fucking clown show man when are you doing this thing when are you going to do it and the only thing i can say to that is i'm not ready like i've got all of this stuff i've got all of i been. i've got lots of things in here I've got, you know, obviously the skills, the love, the joy, the passion, which is the price of admission, but the work ethic, all of these things are in play. My character is very, I'm very comfortable in my own skin. And now I'm, because I'm comfortable in my own skin, I am prepared to be vulnerable as hell. You know, different people are at different parts of that journey. And, and, you know, what's interesting is about your story, Marvin, is, there was obviously something about you in that moment that was willing to go there. You were willing to go there maybe by accident, maybe Philippe, you know, saw something and therefore he took you into that place. The Other person came on the stage, you know, all of a sudden you've got another actor to kind of, and that actor overdoes it or that performer over, overdoes it or that clown overdoes it. And this performer might be somewhere completely different it's such a delicate process, you know, but for me personally, you know, it, it, it's about being willing to go there. It's about, it asks different questions of the person and better people make better dot, 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 right. You know, if you're a better person, then, you know, you're going to be a better husband, a better dad, a better member of society, a better this, that, and the other. And that's what clown gave me. I'm a better human being because Philippe reached inside me and gave me back control of where I was going and I'm okay being vulnerable now. I mean, look at me. it's it, it's yeah. sorry, I've just kind of lost the thread a little bit there waffling so just slap me and say, shut shut up, man. What are you talking about you, you strange bold man?
0: yeah i mean i would say one thing and i'm gonna be can i be honest here yeah of course um philippe carlo and mitra have done a lot for me as a performer as a person and like there's the there lessons that i'll never uh was it called take for granted like yeah. it's made me realize what sort of comedy i want to do and where my strength in making people laugh is more so than anything else That school yeah. but I've made, I'm going to, have you heard of the book called Extreme Ownership?
1: I've heard of this book. Yes.
0: So it's called Jocko Willink, where you take responsibility for the things you do. Yeah. Rather than like blaming outside influences. Yeah. The school's done a lot for me. They've done a lot for me, but I've made some mistakes in my interaction with them, which which I think I've rubbed them up the wrong way. But all well, I want to say to them, they've done a lot for me. And, and I want to just say thank you to them, really.
1: Yeah uh but well, there you go i mean to recognize that is power in itself right you know um yeah all of those kind of books you know you, you yakko well i mean i, I i'm i obsessed with this journey you know yeah yeah Yako willing is um obviously navy seal and and, and 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 understands that that kind of mind side of it um it's no surprise to me that i discovered long distance running um ultra distance running actually and um you know, again, it's it's that there's something in this journey that that is incredibly freeing, once you've navigated all of the stuff that goes with it. You know, all of the stuff in our day to day lives and everything else. Um, but you know, the other thing is as well. The other thing that's interesting from, and this is why I really admire what you do, Marvin. Because, and this is something myself and Jason at Small Nose, and with gollier School, where it is, what we see our responsibility as moving forward, but you have to recognize that you are where you are with it other people around you not only are they not where you are some people around you have not got a clue and and not only that don't have don't want to have a clue and not in, interested in it you know so you know in terms of um, the way i live my life here with my my good lady and, and my my 4 year old little girl we very, you know, I am a clown, but I very rarely talk about it in these poor walls, just because, you know, my wife's a nurse. You know, you know, <laughs> polar worlds apart, and and um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess, I feel like I'm waiting for the right moment to place myself into that world again. But I refuse to kind of do it in a way or at the behest of like, I don't know the art, you know, Arts Council, I, I just feel like the time will arrive when the time is right. And all of this stuff will pour out of me in that time. And, you know, i yeah. The world of clown, the world of what Philippe and Michiko, Carlo, like you said, one at the school, um, even I taught uh, in just a simple conversation with I taught recently there was stuff in that five minute conversation that I just came away from going, yeah, I'm so pleased that I, that I encountered this and that, you know, I was, I had the courage, I guess, to go and want to be the person that I could see as opposed to the person that I was being, if that makes sense.
0: It it taught you to just be, what's it called? To be more, what's it called rather than you wanting to be this or that like dropping it down and just being being accepted absolutely
1: right? yeah just just be accepted just be me and and i'm all right with that you know like I, so I, I am denied about coming on the po- podcast just because i thought you know you, you're what you're doing is incredible for emerging artists to give them voice to in, in amateur artists to to get a bit of a platform and, and to be able to talk about what it is they're trying to do and you know something that I kind of as I say at the moment my responsibility feels within clown within that world of clown is to pass it on and Philippe wouldn't agree with me massively on this because he would say that all children are clowns anyway and there's something about us as we get older as we build our identities and we pick up all those bad habits and those bad thought patterns that makes clown really exciting when you get older because you're what's compelling is to watch someone struggle sometimes and young people are so free on the stage if they are clowning around because they don't have all that baggage that we carry but if you look behind the clown if you look at what's going on there in terms of you know the way to take control the way to um to to remember that the voice in your head is a critic and it doesn't you know it doesn't have to hold you back there's just, there's, there's beautiful stuff behind there that I think is really powerful for education. You know, one of the aims of Small Nose is, is this idea of giving every young person that engages with us a red nose and saying, just put it in your, here, this is for you. It's a gift from us to you. Actually, it's a gift from at Golia. It's a gift from whoever taught Golia, wherever Golia got it. It's a gift. Put it in your bag you don't have to get it out you don't have to put it on but every now and again when you go about your day-to-day life and you go into your bag to get whatever it is your maths book out and you're going into maths and in your head you think ah oh, i hate this i'm bored but you see that red nose and you just go ah, you know what it's not so bad life's all right man you know life is all right we have struggles and challenges but we are also you know blessed with uh, next-door neighbors and people over the road connection everywhere abundance we can you know you know there's a lot of great things going on out there and um i just want to be joyful in my day-to-day existence and be happy and um and that's undoubtedly what you know again the Gollier journey, the clowning journey, has given me. Maybe right now, I don't say I'm a clown on the circuit, and who knows when that moment will be. But you know, I certainly want to play my part in 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 passing that on to the next the next uh, uh, group of of people that emerging artists, but also, as I say, young people who have just, for whatever reason, have, have lost their joy a little bit. And I, and I think there's a way to do that using clown as a vehicle. You don't have to say, you know, you don't approach a school and say, hi, yeah, we'd like to come in and run a workshop. And what we're going to do is we're going to train your year sevens to be clowns. And we're going to provoke them and make them feel really uncomfortable, traumatize them a little bit and then leave. And they'll get a lot from that. They'll be more resilient. See you later. Bye. It's not that it's, it's about finding ways that the, that the, the the skills that Philippe gave me, the idea of provocateur—that that, you know—I'm not going to tell you how to do it. You've got to find a way for yourself to get through these challenges. And actually, one of the ways that we've done it—you mentioned Adolf Hitler, but um, strange moment to mention his name—but but, but um, on this on this mad journey, um, I I I had this this incredible fortune to to be doing um, some work at a theatre in London. And I'd been to Goliad 2010 and I'd come back and, and I was I, more, way more confident all of a sudden. And, and um, I was living in Lewisham and the local, uh, the, the art, artistic director of the Catford Broadway Theatre, Martin Costello back then, he had been handed this document from Lewisham Borough Council and it was about somebody going into schools, and educa- or an educational project, going into schools to help young people grasp the terrible things that happened during the Second World War to Jewish people, you know, so the Holocaust and things like that. And they were looking for somebody to to sort of produce this work and and deliver it. And me and Martin knew each other really well. And and, and Martin approached me and said, listen, mate, you know, you've got this idea for a theatre company, you know, you're going to need some bread and butter to get you going. You know, this is a really good, there's a good budget attached to this. What do you think? I think the way you've spoken about, sort of your delivery of and working with and your passion for working with young people. What do you think? This could be something, right? And I said, oh, yeah, have a look at it. Anyway, I had a look at it. I, I had to draft a proposal, which I'd never done. And I got invited to interview. And I went into this room and there was a man sat there in a suit who I later discovered was like a counsellor. And there was this lady sat next to him who I didn't, you know, never met before. And um, it turns out that this lady was um, was her name was Rachel Levy, Rachel Levy uh, as she is now Rachel Levy B E M so British Empire Medal she was recognised and honoured by our late Queen, and um, she is a, a she's a, she's an Auschwitz survivor, and it sort of came out in this meeting that that that's who this lady was, and I sort of sat there and you know instantly kind of went i am well out. i'm so out of my depth here i ain't got a clue what to say like you've got the wrong guy this is going to be the worst job interview ever and i can i kind of went they went so mark you know you know obviously you know what you know you put this proposal together you've written a bit in here about uh clowning and i was like Am I going to? Yeah. And I just launched into it and I began to explain um about what Theatrical Clown was. And I did it in a sort of a performative kind of a way. And this lady laughed <laughs> and she laughed at me. And from that moment, I was like, OK, wow. OK. Anyway, I, I, I went through that interview. I got an email so invite me back for a second interview. I had to meet a bigger... Anyway, long story short is we got the contract. Small Nose was kind of born through that period. And I started to work with this uh, lady, Rachel, um, over many, many years. And she became a real mentor to me. Um, her story is incredible. I mean, it's it's Hollywood. It's it, She, you know, her story encounters all of the the big, you know, sort of characters of the time. But she was in auschwitz then did the march the death march to bergen belsen was in bergen belsen um didn't tell her story for 50 years and then eventually decided she had to share her story she'd had a family she'd gone on had a family they'd had children the children had 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 grandchildren and they knew but she never spoke about it they knew but they didn't know and in spending time with me, she she started to open up and share this this story, and, and we worked together to kind of build this educational idea. And um, yeah, we go in and, and yeah, like we go into schools and uh, we engage young people with sort of a, a sort of a drama workshop idea. You know, I, at the beginning of the workshop is very clown. I sort of go, hi, you know, when I wear my glasses, my name is Mark Curtis, and you can you can call me that if you like, and everyone goes, oh. Wow hello mark here just like oh hello everybody and then you see the look on their face they're like he's taking his glasses off so who is he now and then we kind of go on this kind of journey um, of provocateur creating these moments of how you know hitler and and uh, and, and the nazis kind of built and, and organized this horrible thing the whole the whole holocaust How it, how it all happened following the the sort of the symbolization, the dehumanisation, polarisation, moving you over here, doing it in kind of a very drama, moving around the room, kind of a way, and then after we've finished the workshop, um, and we piece it together, and young people begin to piece it together, and they go, ah, oh, so when that happened, and you were, and you were sort of giving me minus points, that was, ah, oh, yeah, that made me go like this. I feel like so sort of attacking it from the feeling perspective as well, and then this story, this story of Rachel Levy, sort of sat in the middle of it. And Rachel kind of tells her story, and then from that place, then the young people kind of tell their stories. Well, this is the way their reaction to that 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 world was, and and, and what this, and what the stories do for them, and and, and how does that resonate in their community on, on such and such a state in Catford, or such and such an estate in Lewisham, and we started to put these ideas together, and what that's kind of done has been it, it's turned into this beating heart, but. The thing that I always go back to him the reason I'm sharing it is because Rachel laughed. She emerged. A lady who has been through everything that she's been through after 50 years of keeping all of that bottled up inside. She. And now we bicker like children, like she's like, Mark, you're so stupid. Like, da, 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 da. We like a phone her up on a, on a Sunday and, and it's like, you know, I've not spoken to you for a couple of weeks. Where have you been? And it's like, you know, we, we just, I, and then I'll tell her a story. And then she giggles and then she sort of tells me off a bit. And then she giggles a bit more. And, and what's Small Nose doing now? And this lady laughs. She laughs. And you kind of say to you, we kind our kind of thing with young people is. what? Let's figure out why we're not laughing and go from there. And there's stuff in this clown, clown idea. you know. Like I say, we don't say, let's be clowns, but we go in and with those ideas that really gave me Michiko, everyone else, you, you know, that everybody's played their part in, we go from that place and, and we unpack it from there, starting very much with that human, you know, from you, from us. Powerful stuff, mate. Yeah, powerful. That's where I am with it at the moment. But um, who knows? My, my clown show is coming.
0: Soon, soon, yeah. no, 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 I shouldn't say that, should I? I should, I should just say it will be, it's coming, it's coming, it will, it when will. When you guys least it. expect it,
1: yeah, absolutely, definitely. Yeah, how about you? What are you working on at the moment? Are you working on anything?
0: So, I'm going to Edinburgh this year, and the show's called A Spaniard's Guide to Learning Shakespeare, and I'm playing Zorro. Um, at the moment, I'm doing magic tricks, and they're going wrong, and I'm saying that re- represents. Shakespeare. I'm yeah. doing verses of Shakespeare uh, in Romeo and Juliet, in One Azore. Then doing it in Spanish. Then I got the audience to sing it. Then I'm doing karaoke with them on stage as well. It's 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 all sorts of crazy things that I'm doing with the show at the moment. Beautiful man. That sounds really cool. I I what there? What Edinburgh this year? Is it are you going to do it in London at all, mate? Or um. Okay. I, what, I'm going to do it mostly in, in Edinburgh, but I'm, I'm going to try and throw a few show ideas. So I'm going to like do events because I'm just like a regular car. I'm not a big name. If I say I'm doing this show, or whatever, yeah, I, I think they're unlikely to come. But if I put on a product or if I put an event that sounds interesting, and then I try my 20 or 30 minutes of it in between it, I can get people in there. I'm going to find how it works. So that's what my plan is I will plan to do something in London I've got a few fun event ideas which I haven't put into place yet and I'm looking for free hire venues because I'm broke
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, I want to know that yeah but I'm
0: oh, i doing yeah I'm planning to do a few in London
1: well uh I'll keep my ear to the ground for you mate on the hire venues but um you know I, I think it's important that that you know like mine like say that that connection breathes on and, and like-minded people come together we'd love to support you um you know with a bum on a seat and come and watch and support your work so uh very very keen to come and uh and to see what you're up to there i know tom's going up to edinburgh this year again i think so oh that'd be awesome yeah he's uh i've not seen tom for, for quite a while um but um as i say yeah he he uh he produces stuff every year. He's doing, he is doing it, you know, he's doing stuff. So, um, I'm going up to Edinburgh this year, but to run a marathon, not to. Whoa. Yeah. Um, yeah, the ludicrous kind of long distance running journey. Um, but, uh, I don't know, maybe Edinburgh, maybe Edinburgh, maybe, maybe. I don't see myself there. (laughs) Not at the moment, but maybe further down the road. Do you know, what? I see myself in a barn, sat on a hay bale, playing a guitar. There is nobody else there. <laughs> um, just laughing at myself, and then sort of having enough, putting the guitar down, and going back to my normal. Going back to my my wife who's probably just looking at me, going, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> who knows, man? Who knows? But I, I, you got eventually. You've got to do it, right? Eventually. it, it one of uh, one of the questions you sent me uh, was about what makes a good clown uh, i think it's about i think it's about going back to that extraordinary work ethic so there's a myth isn't there in clown it's just improvised why are some clowns hit and miss why do they not survive things like the gong or or the or the, or the drum um I think I, I, for me, it's it's down to work ethic. It's down to, you know, people think, oh, a clown show, you can just rock up, and I'm a clown, and I'm going to stand on the stage, and I'm just going to be funny. No, 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 no. For me, a clown show, there is an element of improvisation and of course play, but actually, to build a clown performance, a clown routine, you rehearse it. So over and 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 over for your life. And you go into this thing of kind of knowing you know the material. Not just knowing the material. That kind of will turn up, I know the material, because that attracts words like I know the material a bit, which is a blag. You know, it's knowing you know the material. I don't know how to describe that. So for example, ah, Shakespeare, right? So um, uh, Shakespeare. So uh, near to her close and consecrated bow while she was in her dull and sleeping hour, a crew of patches, rude mechanicals that went from bed upon Athenian's doors were met together to wear her to play and fishes in nuptial day. Shallow thick skinned of that baron sort prims presented in their sport, and entered in a break. When I did him in advance, take an advantage taken, that's his fixing his head. I know I know the text. I don't have to search for it in here. Now I know I know the material. In my clown show i can play with it at will that's the improvised element that for me successful clown show okay if you stand in front of an audience and you're still searching in here it it's something different now if the search is is it comes out of a moment with the audience bafflement moment of vulnerability in here you did it in clown skills you know where you're going you know you know you're there i know i'm all right to be vulnerable here for a moment let the moment pass you try something big flop cut the tension tension goes up big flop tension goes up the more committed you are yippee oh that was awful bang flop everyone ah you're not taking it seriously either you go back to the thing that you came to do your the, the thing you're playing with because you know them, ma- you can jump in the material, out of the material at will. You can lit le- you can, you know, fixed point, you can go, I'm playing with this thing. I'm just gonna leave that thing there. Good. Now I'm gonna go over here somewhere. Don't forget that thing's there, but I'm gonna go over here somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got you've got all of that stuff at your disposal because you know you know the material. Yeah. Play it, play it again, you know. I, I would, I would, even walking on the stage. Philippe, think about, think back to your experiences at the school and the amount of people who stepped on the stage and 10 seconds later the drum goes. That's that's a guideline. It's try a different way to come on stage. You know, so I enter, I come through the door. Great. You know, so many people would go, great, I've come through the door, now it begins. No, no, no. Try a hundred, two hundred. How fierce do you want to be with your work ethic? But 500 ways of coming through the door. How many different ways can you come through the door and, you know, play? But then, you know, the the next part of it is knowing you know the material. And this sounds like something you're doing anyway, but, but place it in front of an audience because they're the ones who tell you and you place it in front of an audience you'll find something else and the other thing that you'll you have to do that the reason you have to do that in front of a small audience grow the audience over a period of time but you have to do that because otherwise you can fall into the trap of being a little bit self-indulgent and you kind of like look at it becomes about look at the many times I can come through the door and the audience are going yeah it's funny but fuck's sake get a move on (laughs) you know move on man what's what's after the door you know So it becomes some things work on the night, doesn't quite land as well as it did last night. The next night you try something else and it lands much better. The next night you try the same things last night, it doesn't land at all. So, you know, it's that's brilliant selection process that's always going on in here. You've got a million things that you can do that you've done in the rehearsal room. You've forgotten about them. So in the moment, it's improvisation because you are, you know, you're in front of the audience. Yeah, that's it.
0: Oh, this is this has been deep mark man <laughs>
1: yeah, i know mate i know and 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 you know what i i think i think i think that's been my journey right that's been my journey right? and i think um and feel and as this week's gone on and i've known that i'm speaking to you it's come to the very much my conscious thinking but it's i've been doing a lot of deep things you know a lot of really hard grueling things and and really you know what you know looking at the subject of like the holocaust and stuff like that deep trauma looking at you know ultra marathon running putting myself through the mill doing this stuff you know trying to make the idea of discomfort be slightly more comfortable and you know clowning definitely has that element i think the day my show emerges or our show a small nose whatever that looks like It's gonna be the day where that depth, I let it rest and I just go, now I'm ready to, now I'm ready for joy. Now I'm now I'm ready to share, you know. And it will probably be shit. (laughs) And it will probably flop, right? And everyone will go, all right, we've been waiting for this. Oh God, it wasn't worth the wait. (laughs) And that'll be that. But you know, who gives a shit, man?
0: (laughs) Yeah, who cares?
1: we try we go we try we do what we do what's right for us and 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 we and we share with an audience because we hope it it will mean something for them too and um and when that moment comes it 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 will it will happen so i'm oh, delighted to i'll be delighted to see your
0: stuff mate it'll be great i'll make sure you get a free ticket i'll give oh, you the link thanks to it.
1: yeah a free one please because uh you know cost of the train will kill
0: me <laughs> um one thing I want to say, for anyone that's listening right now, how do they find out about you? Uh, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Just message them um, on Facebook.
1: Yeah, or, yeah, or give my mum a call. She's She usually knows where I am. Um, no, um, yeah, no, we, we, we you know, small nose is going through a huge transition period. So, you know, it, like I say, to look me up, people who look me up and go, oh, I don't really... It, 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 there isn't much out there really about us and what we're doing. I think, I think small noses has found something recently where we're going to redesign website and all that kind of stuff. So we are www.smallnose.co.uk. Um, and you can have a look at our old website there and have a laugh at the fact that we didn't know what we were doing when we made it. <laughs> um, but Facebook, Mark Christopher Curtis, I suppose, um, um, either that or, um, uh, There's a really good pub in Ipswich that I like called the Greyhound. (laughs) Every now and again, you know, I'm sat in there kind of with me and my wife. If we get five minutes uh, and a babysitter, we might pop over there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's that's us, mate. For now. For now. For now. But keep tuned. He'll be, you know, he's going to do his show soon. I'll put it up in the description when he does it. And you know where to contact him uh go to the greyhound pub in ipswich just stay there for a while and eventually mark will show up okay yeah that's it mate yeah slightly weird one with no teeth <laughs> no that it's most of its audio you don't need to say that say say you've oh, got 20 yeah. teeth no
1: oh perfect perfect um six foot whatever uh nah. i'm uh i've grown to i've grown to be comfortable in my own body mate it's uh it's all right
0: okay so you guys. Ex- you know where to find him, all right? He is in Buckingham Palace. <laughs> that's
1: that, it. Yeah, new king. Knock on the door. I'm his. I do his shoes. I clean his.
0: Yes, shoes. he's there here and there. Like when Charles needs a break, he's his body double. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. Oh God, can you imagine? Oh, that'd um, be amazing.
1: <laughs> when I went over for Goliath's birthday, it, it, funnily enough, he did that. He had me. Uh, I got an email from. Him, he said, "You come as horse guard." <laughs> I couldn't find a horse guards parade costume that wasn't stupidly expensive, so I had to get one off Amazon that was a child's version. So it just, you know, barely fit. You know, Ooh. ridiculous hat on my head, and um, it, it. We had a lot of fun. It was good to. It was good to go back and see him. And uh, you know, I suppose actually watch this space for next year. Anyone who wants to, you know, like we've said at the beginning, Philippe is where he is, but the plan in early stages of discussion and idea is to bring Carlo over next year. Carlo probably doesn't know any, anything about this. It was a Michiko and Mark discussion, but Carlo may come over to deliver the lion's chair of the workshop with myself, small nose delivering a bit as well. But But then Philippe would be around to come in at some point to sort of advise and to view some of the things that we've been doing in the workshop. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Um, if you'd like it. to be in the room with Philippe, we, we hope that he will be here next year. We really do. But we'll see.
0: And also, give this podcast a review on five star on Amazon or iTunes. And I'll see you next episode. The next episode, I think I'm going to maybe get some psychologists or get some mad comedians on. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I'm gonna try something a bit wacky. I want to get something. I want to maybe get a criminal on the podcast. I don't know. I want to do something a bit. The next episode is gonna be wacky, guys. You've seen the space, all right? I look forward to it.